Good uh, morning to everyone. It's uh, so good to be here once again. Um, I remember exactly two years ago this month, I received a phone call while I was visiting my parents in Montreal. And the person on the other line was none other than Chad Solaire. I don't know where Chad is. Where's Chad? Is he here today? Oh, I think he's with the children. But Chad was on the other line. And he called me specifically to tell me to quit my day job. There's Chad right there. So that I can apply for the minister position here at Central. And I remember thinking at the time that that was such an outrageous idea. Because I hadn't planned on retiring from the military until at least 2022. But long story short, I just want to say that time really does fly. And here we are. I mean, two, two, uh, two years ago, I, had, uh, I was faced with a decision to come here. And here, here, here we are. We're almost secured uh, a place to, to live. It's not sure yet, but we'll talk to you more about that later personally when we talk. But now we're waiting and looking forward for September 1 when we start ministry with this congregation. So before I start, I just want to say thank you to you. Thank you to this congregation for allowing me and my family to be part of your ministry here in Winnipeg. From the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, So uh, we are now in the month of June. So that means we're halfway into 2017. Halfway. And I was saying earlier, and I was talking to Bernice about this as well earlier this morning, that time really does fly. At least for myself, it, felt, it feels like it was just last month that we rang in the new year, 2017. And since we are in the topic of new year, I want to take this opportunity now, as we introduce our topic this morning, to ask you, how are you guys doing with your New Year's resolutions? Ah, right? You guys are laughing. You guys, some of you guys are having a nervous laugh. <laughs> I don't know. If you made uh, a resolution at the beginning of the year, now is uh, a good time. Like halfway into the year is a good time to look back and evaluate uh, how we're doing in terms of uh, the, the objectives that we have set before us at the start of the year. So that said, I'm going to ask, are you still going to the gym? Ah. How are you in terms of reaching your ideal weight that you have set at the beginning of the year? Did you start that uh, new project? Or did you finish that new project that you said you were going to finish at the beginning of the year? Did you pick up that hobby that you said you were going to pick up? Or... Did you finally kick to the curb that uh, $5 a day cappuccino habit that you said you were going to quit? Yes. Um, I got to admit, though, that for myself, I never used to believe in New Year's resolutions. I never used to make them. If you were like me, you probably cringed when the words New Year's resolution appeared on the screen. I don't blame you. I mean, I knew people who made New Year's resolutions year after year and see them with my own two eyes, forget about them a few months after. 
Some of them a few weeks later. Some of them a few days later. They forgot about their New Year's resolutions. Right? But studies show that 54% of people will have abandoned their New Year's resolutions by the time this month comes around. 54%. That's over half of people fail at their resolutions. Now, I didn't make them because I used to be part of that 54%. I used to be that guy. Sometimes January hadn't even finished yet and I've forgotten about my uh, New Year's resolution. I don't remember what they were. Right? Uh, So, the question that I have right now is, why do you think people fail at the resolutions that they make? Why do we abandon them? Why do I abandon them? When I introspect, when I think about my situation, the only reason that I can come come up with, the reason why I failed at them was simple. Is because I make excuses. You name it. I would say things like, well, I got busy. Well, I had to do this, that, or the other. Or I would say things like, well, it's too hard. I want to relax right now. It's too hard. Oh, I have to go here. I have to go there. I have to put this, uh, put this in the back burner for now and then totally forget about it. But it all boiled down to excuses. So this morning, what I want to do is this. I want us to make a resolution today. I know you're probably thinking, well, it's June. It's not January, but it's okay. Halfway into the year is as good a time as any to resolve to do one thing. So this one thing that I would like us to resolve to do today is very important. It is more important than our health. It is more important than our jobs, our hobbies, or uh, anything else in this world for that matter. This morning, what I would like us to do is to resolve to serve God without excuses. When we talk about the subject of service without excuses, it is only fitting that we talk about one of the greatest servants of God. Moses. I don't know if he actually looks like that, but uh, that's Moses right there because of his staff, right? And in the passage that was read to us this morning in our scripture reading, we see uh, God talking to Moses through a burning bush. And in that conversation between God and Moses, God tells Moses, I have a special task for you. And that special task that God has assigned to Moses, we see in Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. God tells Moses, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. In that conversation between God and Moses, God tells Moses, You will go to Pharaoh, and you will lead my people out of the bondage of slavery from Egypt. Now we say that Moses was a great man. He was a great servant. And we can say that because we know the ending to this story. We know the ending to the conclusion to this task. We know that Moses was successful. Right? You remember that? 
And just to really bring it home that Moses was actually successful, one of the greatest images that Moses conjures up in our minds when we think about how amazing he was, how he was a hero in the Bible, was uh, this picture. Moses standing with his staff on hand on dry ground, and each, on each side of him is a wall of water, right? As he parted the Red Sea so that his people, the Israelites, could pass and flee from the pursuing Egyptian soldiers. That is great. But Moses did not start out great like that. He didn't. So obviously we're not going to talk about how successful he was. But what we're going to talk about this morning as we talk about the subject of service uh, without excuses, about serving God without excuses, is the excuses that Moses gave to God soon after God gave Moses his task of leading the Israelites out of Egypt. So our objective this morning is simple. When we, listen, when we hear the, the, the excuses of Moses, that it will stir up in us the proper attitude that we, that we will today desire to resolve to serve God without excuses. So we will start. Uh, when Moses heard about his big task to, flee, to, to free the Israelite people from bondage, this was the first thing that came out of his mouth. Uh, in Exodus 3, verse 11, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? The first excuse that came out of Moses' mouth was, Who am I? I'm not special. I'm a nobody. Why am I supposed to be the guy who went to Pharaoh and liberate the Israelites from slavery? How, how, how is that me? So to uh, get into the mind of Moses, to see why he would say this, let's, let's put it in context. Uh, in the account in, in, in the Word of God, uh, according to... Uh, Exodus chapter 2 onwards, as well as in the book of Acts, uh, starting in chapter 7, verse 20. We, we, when we read that, we know that Moses was part of the ruling family of Egypt. Moses grew up in the household of Pharaoh. But at some point, he had to flee Egypt because he got in trouble. He had to flee Egypt. And what he did was he went 500 kilometers as the crow flies to Midian. Midian is now part of modern-day Saudi Arabia. And in there, Moses stayed 40 years. And do you remember what he did there, what his job was? He was a shepherd. Now, he was in Midian when uh, he saw... He was living in Midian when he talked to God in the burning bush. Do you guys remember from Sunday school how old Moses was when God gave him this task, this astronomical task of leading his people out of, uh, of Egypt? 
80. I saw people mouthing 80. Yes, eight zero years old. 80 years old. So his task was to get the Israelites out of Egypt. Do we have an idea how many Israelites were there in Egypt? Maybe five or more than five at least. So in Exodus chapter 12, verse 37, uh, there's an account there that said there were 600,000 men on foot uh, besides women and children. So the scholars, they, they thought, well, a good rule of thumb is to, th- to say that uh, there, in, in any society, the number of fighting men, fighting men who are in, who are in their uh, majority, uh, is, uh, is, a, is, is, is a quarter of the population. So if we multiply 600,000 by four, that would be the number of people in Israel. About. So the scholar said there are about 2.5 to 3.5 million Israelites that an 80, this 80-year-old guy was going to take out of there, lead out from Egypt. So we could kind of understand Moses when he felt a little inadequate to do that, right? So let's go a little bit further. Let us put ourselves in Moses' shoes, shall we? How many in this room are octogenarians? How many of us here are 80 years old and over? There you go. I think uh, Jim put his hand up first there. So I'm going to pick on Jim. Jim, say for example... You were asked by God to, uh, I don't know, hey Jim, uh, I want you, I pick you to go to the States to talk to the President of the United States, talk to Donald Trump and tell him that, uh, Mr. Trump, I am here to take half of the population of Minnesota, which is about 2.5 million people, and I'm going to take him back to Winnipeg with me. How do you think that was, that's going to go over? Jim, what would be your response? Oh my, he says. Oh my. Moses said, who am I? I'm not fit for that. But you know what? God was very gracious to Moses. God told Moses, 2.5 million, that's, that's what 2 million looks like, by the way. Just so you know. 2 million looks like that. Right? But God was gracious to Moses and, he, and God told Moses, I will certainly be with you. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 12. I will certainly be with you. I'm going to ask you now, if God appeared to you in a burning bush, how much proof would you need to know that you will be successful at what God told you to do? It's easy to say now, well, I'll, if God appeared here in a burning bush, I'd be like, yeah, tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. But that was difficult for Moses to really wrap his mind around. And maybe for us as well. Because maybe for us today, we could, use, we could fall into that trap of using that excuse to say, well, who am I, God? I'm nobody. As Christians today, we are called to uh, be fishers of men, to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We are called to manifest in us the fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes we could feel a little inadequate to do that. Sometimes we could say to ourselves, who am I to make 
a difference in my school? Who am I to make a difference at work? Who am I to make a difference in my family? Who am I to make a difference in my neighborhood? But I tell you today, that should not be an excuse. That should not be an excuse. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5-6, to Paul tells the Corinthian church, We are not sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiencies from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. In the NIV, the international version, the word sufficient is translated competent. When we ask ourselves, who am I? I'm not competent. This verse tells us, your competence is not from your own doing. It's through God. He makes us sufficient. He makes us competent. So that idea of who am I doesn't hold ground. It doesn't hold ground. In Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20, when, when our Lord told us to go make disciples of all nations, look at the end there. Look at this end promise that, that, that He tells us. Our Lord tells us that surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The same promise that God made to Moses. I will be with you. So this morning, that first excuse, debunked. Let us not think that we are not sufficient because God is sufficient. But Moses is not done yet. Moses had a second excuse. Moses' uh, second excuse Uh, We read in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Now, Moses' second excuse is this. What shall I say? Well, I don't know what to say. You tell me, God, I don't know what to say. But again, God was very gracious to Moses. Because Moses put forward his his doubts, his fears, and God listened. So, in chapter uh, 3, verses 14 and 15 of Exodus, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. God told Moses exactly what to say. And we see that throughout the rest of chapter 3. God tells Moses exactly how everything was going to turn out. God reminded Moses of his first name. See, in our Bibles, the word for uh, God's name was Y-H-W-H. We have forgotten how that's pronounced because back then, the Israelites, the Jewish people, did not want to say the first name of God for fear that they would use it inadvertently out of turn or would, would use it irreverently. For them, it was too holy to pronounce, so they just called God Adonai, or Lord. And it came into the translations of our Bible. So in the Old Testament, when you see the capital letters L-O-R-D in the original Hebrew, it was Y-H-W-H. And for us, it's been commonly accepted that it's pronounced Yahweh. But God told Moses, 
I am. Because that is a play on words that says his first name meant I have always existed. I had no start. I had no beginning. I have always been the God that your fathers have served and worshipped. I am independent of anything. I don't rely on anyone. I am who I am. But we know that's an excuse because Moses knew that. And why can we say that? Because Moses' mother's name was Jochebed, meaning Yahweh is my glory. And the people of Israel, the elders of Israel, knew who God was. But at the rest of chapter 3 of Exodus, God told Moses exactly what to say. You are going to go to the elders, and the elders are going to believe you. And then, Pharaoh is going to harden his heart, but I assure you, I will make his heart soft, and he will free your people. God gave Moses the ending of the story. But still, Moses was apprehensive. Moses had doubts, but God was gracious. For us today, we could use that very excuse to prevent us from serving God. We could say to ourselves, well, I don't know what to say, or I don't know what to do. Even if we don't know what to say, even if we don't know what to do, this morning, I encourage you, we can know what to say, we can know what to do. It's right here. You know, back in the UK, we, my wife and I lived in England for three years. And uh, one of the things that I loved about England was the, the Royal Mail, the postal service there. They picked up mail twice a day. They delivered twice a day. And on Saturdays, they also picked up mail. It was great. I would get my mail on time. But you know what? When, when my mail comes there... I don't tell, I, I, I don't go in my head, the postman is really good. You see what I mean here? I say, Royal Mail is really good, not the postman. I give the credit to the organization, not to the messenger. It's the same thing for us today. God has given us a message, and this message we have to take to the world. This is what we say to the world. We just need to know it. The third thing that Moses uh, told God about in terms of an excuse is in Exodus chapter one, verse one, uh, chapter four, verse one. What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, "The Lord did not appear to you"? Excuse number three, the what if. What if this? What if that? You know, when I was preparing this, because I'm a very visual guy, I imagined Moses in front of me. What would Moses look like? What would Moses be thinking about? Why would he think the way he thinks? And the picture that I had in my mind was this man who was 80 years old, who had his own fears and doubts and hopes and aspirations, 
his own priorities. This old man who was afraid of rejection, who was afraid of failure. And I look around this room, including me, and I see the exact same thing. I see a room full of people who have their own fears, who have their own aspirations, who have their own doubts, who are afraid of rejection, who are afraid of failure, but who God wants to use anyway. So, in chapter 4 of uh, Exodus, God assures Moses that the Israelites will believe him because he gave him three things by which the Israelites would believe and understand that God sent Moses to them. At this time, I want to focus on the first one. The first thing that God gave Moses, the first assurance that you don't have to, what if this whole matter? I am going to give you an assurance that the people will listen to you. The first thing that God gave, told Moses was this, Exodus chapter 4 verse 2. The Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? But the first question that I have here is, do you think God didn't really know what was in, Mo- in Moses' hand? No, God knew what was in Moses' hand. But God wanted to make Moses, under- Moses understand that that thing in his hand is enough for God to use to bring about the power that is God, to bring about change in Moses' life that staff would be the, the, the avenue by which God brought miracles to the task of Moses. Now, for us today, God tells us the same thing. God asks us today, what is that in your hand? God has given us so many things in our hand by which He could use to bring about His glory here in our lives in Winnipeg. He has given us our health. He has given us our strength. He has given us His wisdom, His Word. He has given us talents and skills. He has given us our homes. He has given us our cars, our jobs. He has given us the church. He has given us the people around us. Now, would we ask still, what if? Would we still ask, well, what if this? What if that? What if this happened? Or what if I failed? What if whatever? Fill in the blank. I encourage all of us today to clear our minds of doubts because God has given us plenty of things by which we can use to serve him in this world. Now, all of those things, do you think Moses was done with his excuses? He's not done yet. He has a number four excuse. Number four, number four in his excuse was in Exodus 4 verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, 
neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Excuse number four, I am not eloquent. Do you think that's true? It's not true. Moses gave yet another excuse. In Acts chapter 7, verse 22, we read in that account that Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And he was mighty in his words and deeds. But he told God, I have never been mighty in my, de- in my words. That was, a, that was a lie. Do you think God would, would not know? God knew. But yet again, God was gracious to Moses. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 11 to 12, the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who, gave them deaf? who, who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. For us this morning, it would be, sorry, it would be the same thing. God has given us the assurance that He will be with us through our weakness. It's not, an ex- it's not enough for us to say, well, I am not this or I am not that. I am incapable, I am this. No. The only thing we needed to do was bring our weakness over to God. And He will do the rest. He will fill in where we are lacking. Do you remember... Um, the father named Jairus in the New Testament who had a son with infirmity. He brought, uh, he brought his son to Jesus to heal. But Jesus said, well, do you believe? Because if you believed, then nothing would be impossible. He would be cured. You know what Jairus' response was? This was his response. In Mark chapter 9, verse 24, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You can see in that response that, yes, I believe, but it's just too good to be true. I, I have my doubts. Please help me in my doubt today. And Jesus was standing right in front of him. For us this morning, it would be the same thing. All we need to do is bring it forward to God. And we know that because the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, the, the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, For when I am weak, then I am strong. See what Moses did there? Moses had doubts, but he put it forward to God, and God was gracious, and God helped him. For us this morning, I encourage encourage us to not focus on our weaknesses, but focus on our strengths. Let us not dwell on the things that we cannot do. Dwell on the things that we can do, because there's a lot of them. 
And where we are weak, God is going to fill in. So, so far, Moses had four excuses. Do you guys think he's done? Is he done? He's not done yet. He has one last one. One last excuse. And this excuse we can see in chapter 4, verse 13 of Exodus. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Excuse number five. I don't really want to do it. See, God was gracious to Moses when he told when he when Moses told him, "Who am I? I'm nobody." Or I don't know what to say. Or I'm not eloquent. Right? Or, well, what if? He was gracious to Moses. It's only at this time that God got angry at Moses. How do we know that? Because in Exodus chapter 4, verse 14, this is what we read. Then the Lord's anger burnt against Moses. Veiled Underneath all of the excuses that Moses made was his ultimate and ulterior mind. I'm not really interested in that. I actually don't want to do that. Forget about that. Only then God was angry at Moses. Brothers and sisters, if we think that today, I want us, it's not, it's not too late. There is hope. If that's how we think today, I encourage all of us to resolve to say today, I'm going to change my mind. And I'm going to say, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes. But you know what? I'm thinking maybe you're not convinced yet that we should serve God without excuses. So I have one last bit here to really bring home that point that we need to serve God today without excuses. We need to convince ourselves that excuses are not even an option. And I'll, 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 tell, you, I'll tell you why. In Psalm chapter 90, verse 10, we read, Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. The Bible tells us what the average lifespan is of human beings. Up to today, this is true. According to the United Nations, the, the average lifespan of human beings around the world is 70 years old. In Canada, the average lifespan of a human being is 81 years old. This still holds true. Now, how is this going to convince us that there's no excuse? Well, Moses was 80 years old, remember? Right? Uh, I got this little illustration from um, a brother in Christ in Edmonton. Last week, I was talking to him. And he told me something that I just really want to share with you, especially appropriate for today's lesson about serving without excuses. 
He told me his illustration of the tape measure. Have you guys heard that? The tape measure illustration? Tape measure right there. He said, Jay, this is what people should really, really do. They should get a tape measure and line it up. Up to 80 inches. 80. You see where I'm going, going with here? That's your age. That's your life expectancy here. That's probably when we're going to pass away. 80. And then when we do that, we will mark along that line where we are. Where we are. How close we are to that number. 80. I'm going to say how old I am. I'm 25. Okay, all right. Okay, 32. No, I'm 38 years old. 38, right there. My, uh, our, the brother in Christ's name, uh, back in Edmonton, his name's uh, Doug Steinwan. And he told me that the closer you are there, the more apt you will not think about excuses in serving God. I'm going to say it again. I don't think I said it properly. The closer you are to 80, the more you will be more apt to serve God without excuses. The farther you are, the more you will probably make up excuses to serve God. Where are you at in that line? Are you close to it? Are you far from it? Wherever you are in that line, know that there's going to be a time when these excuses are not going to matter. We are going to think, Lord, I'm sorry that I made all these excuses to serve you back then. But let us not be in that situation today. Today, let us be in a situation where we say, I'm forgetting all that stuff before, and today I am resolving to serve you without excuses. This morning, if you would like to start serving the Lord, know that you cannot start serving the Lord without first trusting in God and His Son, without first contracting that blood and cleansing us from our sin in the waters of baptism. And today, if you have done that and you have made excuses for the longest time, and if you need prayers or you need help and encouragement, I will be here. The people of this congregation will be here. The elders will be here. We will be all glad to help. Service without excuses. Thank you very much.